I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. You can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus, four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price and participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Spreaker.com and YouTube.com and I mean there's I, I'm starting to wonder if it's really valuable to say all the sites we're on or should we just say what we're not on hey listen so if you want to become partners right you know so like we could maybe attach FB you know whatever whatever mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. then we should probably mention do like count you know call out shout outs right so like hey shout out to customized shout outs be like cameo only not yes who's paying to see our ugly mugs yeah you'll have to forgive me a second i'm about to make some noise because my daughter waited until the show started to do something ah but that's how things go sir that how things go. <clears throat> That's what it is. Let's see here. Um, got Maximilian. Max Morrison asking us, hey, what's going on? Are you guys live right now? Why, yes, Max. Yes, we are. We're live on C2CRadioShow.com and Spreaker.com. Like and uh, <laughs> say hello to the, to the Max. Maxinator. 
That's right. We should call. You know what we should call him? I had this epiphany the other day. Uh-oh. A new nickname Father? for Max. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not calling that. That's just well. Yes, well, yeah, but, but we I mean, should, we because should, he is a new dad. Should, that's right. We should congratulate him because you know we did. We haven't done it yet. Congratulations, Mad Max Morrison. Congratulations to the heavy metal hitman himself, the Mad One, the hardest head in wrestling. And the cool thing is now he's going to get to earn the moniker Mad Max because kids are going to drive you nuts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So you're going to be mad in all kinds of ways, buddy. It's, it's not just one. <laughs> you don't get just one anymore because here's the thing. See, you done screwed up and had not just one but two. At one time. So, see, see I, we warned you. We did tell you. The last time we saw you, we said, hey, 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 careful about that kid thing. Dangerous. It's just like in Zelda when you start off. It's dangerous to go alone. <laughs> Take this, and it gives you a sword. Well, we can't give you a sword because you know you're not really used, supposed to use swords against kids. But I promise, it's it's dangerous to go alone without help, without friends. Yes, uh, but we and some lessons you must learn on your own. That's true. That's true. I mean, sometimes we as parents we get suckered. We get called out, we get stuck, and we pay a very valuable price for it. It's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're never going to be the cool dad, no matter how much you think you are. No, no. Someone's always going to be cooler than you. Yeah, always. Somebody's always going to have a cooler dad. And that's okay. They can be cooler than you. But remember, you make the rules. And if they don't like it, you got two words for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, I guess that's more than... That's probably a paragraph. Uh, Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) It all depends on your parenting (laughs) style. (laughs) Anyway, congratulations, my man. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats to you, Max. We are very happy for you. Can't wait to see you and, uh, you know, share our congrats and warnings (laughs) for your your brand new parenthood. As you can hear, it's myself, Stan Grubb, my tag team partner, Brian Taylor. Rob Hefner will be joining us, uh, I assume, momentarily. He's dealing with a bit of an appliance problem uh, at Casa de Hefner. And, man, it's been uh, – we were just talking about it before we came on the air. It's been three weeks since C2C aired. And I felt, you know, hey, by God, it's been at least a season since we did our last season premiere. So, damn it, it's time for another one. Yeah. They, those big wigs over in TV land, isn't that what they do? Yeah, well, they're not the boss of me. Well, okay, but the, uh, and the FCC can let you be. That, that's true. That's right. That's right. That is true. That is true. I love that because they can't hold me down. That's right. They can't take your pride. No. Right. No more freedom. No, no, no. Wait, they what? can never take my freedom. Or your guns, depending on where you are in the world. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, don't, I mean, I, I think I would fly under the radar gun-wise. So, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're like me and, you know, you have friends from all sides of the spectrum, you see a lot of different posts throughout the week, and sometimes you're dumb enough to comment on it because you think, I might have something novel to say, when in reality, yeah. it's not novel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, the good news is, the good news is, the only gun that counts, they just can't, uh, you know, take it from you. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know what, what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> right, right. That's yeah. right. 
And it doesn't shoot blank. I promise you that. Wow. Oh, how do you know? Really? That's, my gun, my gun oh, that's the craziest thing. That's the craziest thing you've said today. Does your gun shoot blanks? My gun does. <laughs> I'm fully loaded, baby. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> oh, man. So let's see. What has happened since we last spoke to all of these wonderful people out in the wrestling universe? Well, God, there's, there's a lot. Let's talk about it like this. WWE had WrestleMania nights one and two and NXT TakeOvers night one and two for Stand and Deliver. Um, dude, I got to tell you, that's a lot of wrestling in one small span of time. Mm, yeah, and uh, I only saw one night of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a lot. I like how you space that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I think it's way too much for, for like, an event to be spread over two nights. Unless it's something like, you know, like a, 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 a tournament. Tournament. You know what I'm saying? Is it tournament? <clears throat> Tournament. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you're just dusting some of these people off and put them on WrestleMania when there's no reason to get behind them. Well, I mean, look at uh, your great example of that. Look at Billy Kay. Billy Kay really, <clears throat> I mean, has had a bit of a story um, in, in WWE, um, but comes out, does WrestleMania, and hey, two days later. I, mm, no, let's not give the card away before the horse. Oh, and that's the spoiler. <laughs> Billy Kay yes. is the spoiler. Yeah, okay. Kay. Sorry, I'm be. sorry, Billy Kay fans. I I understand. I apologize. Be, Billy because Kay. if you did, if you do it for Billy Kay, you're liable to do it for others. Like like who? I mean, do you have any ideas, like suggestions? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm not spoiling the releases yet. Okay. All right. Well, let's do this. We'll go backwards to go forwards. We're going to talk about NXT just a, just a smidge because i got to point out a couple things that I noticed. Stand and Deliver, two top-notch shows, um, nights one and night two. Excellent in-ring work. Uh, the matchup for the NXT Tag Team Championship and the matchup between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly were stellar. Uh, absolute appointment television there you've got to make it a point to watch these two matchups um msk really has been kind of a shock as soon as they got on the scene in nxt i don't think anybody really expected them to become champions so quickly much less be such a standout talent especially since they came from impact (coughs) remember this is the rascals just showing up winning the dusty classic and now NXT Tag Team Champions. Yeah, but but the good news is is like it shakes things up a bit. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, it, it it adds a little flavor. It adds a little a little you know genesis if you will. And oh, oh, that now you're getting fancy. Now you're getting. I know I'm getting fancy. And from what I understand, they were high on this team. And, you know, that's why they went and pursued them. So, 
them coming in and and winning this quick is kind of like uh, we got confidence in this team. You know what I'm saying? So I would imagine if they excel on on NXT, then they should eventually go to the main roster, and hopefully they can excel there. I want to point out over at newattitudemedia.com, uh, apparently my mom has joined the chat, Brian, and uh, has identified that I forgot my lunch today. You know, that's a shame. I'm so sorry, uh, but I'll just take yours. Thanks for letting me know. I'll take yours. I'm sure you've got plenty, whoever you are. My mom, I guess. Is that is that your real mom? I don't know. Or is it some dude named my mom? It's it's my space stepmom, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't subscribe to these crazy theories you guys do. I'm just reading the chat. I just read the text in front of me. That's I read the funny. copy. It's good. <laughs> Glad to see that we've got some folks interacting. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, you can always, always hit us up over at newattitudemedia.com and, and c2cradioshow.com and, and unfortunately your mom does not count uh, well, because she I, I wants to know if you ate time. your lunch <laughs> hey you know somebody's gonna look after me my wife <laughs> does my mom does you guys sure don't i mean you guys would just let me walk around with shirts too tight you know uh we, we don't let you that's that's your thing now that is like we don't. We we haven't seen Stan in a few years without a shirt, a tight shirt. <laughs> it's the gun show. <laughs> no, that's in the, that, more like it's this. more like it's the belly only, button show. It's, it's my it's uh, the belly button show. It's my OnlyFans shirts. No, no, it's 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 the belly button show. <laughs> you look like Ralphus. I, 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 you can't see me right now, but I'm waving my finger, doing the finger wave, the Ralphus finger wave. So, you know, I felt that getting back into NXT here, um, Stand to Deliver was really well done. Um, I, I really was impressed by Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, even though we've seen these two interact before in their Ring of Honor days. Um, this time around, much more solid presentation, much more exciting, and honestly, just, just a lot more hard-hitting and maybe even a little bit brutal. And then somebody gets stretched out. Was that both of them. Both did? men took the old, uh, you know, whambulance ride as they both got carted out. And the funniest part was, as they're getting put in the ambulance next to each other, both strapped to gurneys <laughs> next to each other in the same ambulance, and they're both going back and forth, I'm going to kill you! No, I'm going to kill you! <laughs> like, um... You know, That's I don't funny. know, I mean... <clears throat> Brian, is it common for, for guys that have fought one another to be put in the same ambulance and well, strapped down in beds next to one another? See, as a guy that's a little familiar with ambulances, most of the time you can only put one in there. Now, I'm not saying you can't fit two. However, in order to put two, it might not be the most safest thing in the world. So, Also, the fact that they want to kill each other. Well, yeah, but they're they're strapped down. If they're strapped down properly, they wouldn't even be able to move their heads. <laughs> they couldn't look at each other, right? So they'd just be screaming it, looking looking up at the ceiling. Like, I want to kill you. No, I'm gonna kill you. So if done properly, a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> for the for the ambulance driver whose sanity <laughs> certainly didn't make it through the night. I'm just saying. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so and th- so, how many new champs did we get out of the two nights? Uh, we got a few see. of them, right? New NXT champion in in Karrion Cross, two time NXT champion there. Uh, new tag team champions in MSK. I keep wanting to call them the Rascals. I'm gonna, that's going to take a while. Uh, and then we had a new NXT Women's Champion as Raquel Gonzalez and Io Shirai. Um, so Io Shirai was supposed to be kind of the underdog in this match. However, she spent a majority of the time beating the snot out of Raquel Gonzalez until Raquel finally gets the upper hand strength-wise and comes away the victor. Again, it's it's, you know... Hopefully she can do as good of a job. I don't see why not. So, and you know that you know her and Dakota are probably now on a collision course for that that's, title. That's my gut. And I was waiting this past Tuesday for Dakota Kai to just kick her in the back of the head. Well, maybe the back of the neck because head that's a little tough to reach. Yeah, there is quite a size difference between the two. But, hey, speaking of Tuesday, this past week for NXT, what a... Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What an opportunity for them. Moving moving from Wednesday to Tuesday, Brian, they saw the highest ratings they've seen since maybe 2019. And as an advocate for that, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I understand counter-programming and all that good stuff. But sometimes you just got to throw in the towel and whoever at USA made them move, congratulations to you. Because I imagine the number will probably you know, touch top out in a million plus by the time it's all said and done. That's what I'm hoping as well. When you look at NXT versus AEW, the war that frankly never was. (laughs) I'm sorry. It just, I didn't see it as a war. I thought um, it could have been, you know, if everybody wanted to play ball, but really AEW wanted to and, and nobody else did. WWE just wanted to put their program there, but they didn't want to, like, they didn't take steps to spice it up, in my opinion. They just put their show over there, 
been doing what they've been doing. Wait, what did you just say? They didn't take steps to spice it up? Not really, outside of putting the show on the same night. Yeah, but did they not start putting pay-per-views for free on those nights? Hmm. Pay-per-views for free. In your houses, weren't there several, like, you know, kind of like what AEW did? AEW didn't really hide the fact they were doing it. And WWE didn't either, right? So there were several named shows outside of uh, NXT. Same thing with AEW. Um, I, I mean, I would say that was spiced on a month. I would say putting Finn Balor on NXT is spicing it up. Uh, Charlotte, AJ Styles, um, who am I missing? Might be one or two others that they brought down from the main roster, all to try and catch ratings. Um, I mean, I to me, it, it, it was a war, though. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't like the Monday Night War, right? Both of them were doing counter-programming. It's just that I think the WWE learned from the Monday Night War well, they can call it what they want. We're not going to acknowledge it. And we're you're just going to see where the chips fall. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine that's probably more to do with, you know, again, they saw Monday Night Wars. They lived through Monday Night Wars. They're like, hey, may, if we make the mistake that Tony Schiavone did and Eric Bischoff did, you know, Hey, on the other program, some nitwit named Mick Foley is going to win the world title tonight. Are you saying that's going to put butts in seats? I, I'm just telling you. I think the WWE learned, and they they didn't acknowledge the war, but reports are stated all throughout the whole thing that they were pissed that they were losing. Hmm. Well, I can understand being upset that you're not winning the competition. But to me, outside of Finn Balor, because I have to agree, Finn Balor was, that was a great competitive choice. Um, But there was a part of me that really felt that they just weren't, hmm, let's word this right. They were taking steps, but they could have taken so many more. I would say you're right, though. Nobody wants to be the stupid one to say, that'll put butts in seats. Because that's just, that's too much. That, that was a risk that, you know, Shivani was told to take. And I respect that. I mean, hey, let's keep it stirred up. Let's keep the keep the ball rolling. But at some point, somebody probably should have reeled it back in and said, okay, okay, back up. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's focus on what we got going on in front of us. Because one of the things that AEW has done very well the entire time they were all, both on Wednesdays, was staying the course. You know, they, they when they did poke fun, it was in such a nonchalant way that, you know, outside of Taz's comments about running a sloppy ship, <laughs> they had such a nonchalant way that people could feel, oh, okay, so they're, they're, the shots are subtle. There's a there's a more com- camaraderie kind of feel. Well, I mean, they took plenty of big shots. I mean, let's not forget about Miro and I mean, a few others. But, again, I think AEW wanted the war. 
they felt confident in their show. Mm-hmm. I think WWE felt confident in their show, but they also have what's the what's the what's the old adage? Um, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, or whatever it is. That's right. That is the old saying. You, you know, something along those lines. Well, again, AEW doesn't have that history, but the WWE does. Yeah. Well, and that's where <clears throat> Tuesday night we saw eight hundred thousand plus for NXT. Wednesday night. AEW Dynamite did their highest ratings uh, closer to 2019's rating debut. About 1.2 million, which is huge. Let's, you know, calling a spade a spade, you can be pro-WWE, you can be against AEW and just want New Japan, whatever the case may be. You have to identify that when you isolate both shows, put them on separate nights, everybody wins. And now you've got a non-split audience. Because that was the one thing that I complained about the entire time they were head-to-head was your audience is split. So you couldn't find true growth. Somebody might change the channel here. Somebody might change the channel there. But it was always split growth. Now, now 1.2 million million people watching your program, that's huge. And if you continue that and maintain 1.2, now you have a true read of what your audience really is. Well, I, I still don't think you have a, a true read because there's so many different outlets, mm-hmm. you know, to watch this stuff. Um, so, I, I mean, and again, these are just uh, houses that have those little boxes in there. Right, the Nielsen boxes. Yeah. Um, so, while you know, somewhat accurate. It's, it's kind of like these national polls, you know, mm-hmm. where they come out and say, well, 85% of the people believe this and the other 15% believe that. And you're like, well, nobody ever asked me my opinion. Right, right, right. So, they're, they, you know, those numbers are only for the boxes. You know, who knows how many other people actually watch that thing. And, you know, it's kind of like Impact. Impact has, you know, you can watch it on TV. You can watch it on Twitch. You can watch it, you know, any number of places. Right. Well, the numbers, uh, you know, as far as I know, aren't really figured up together. They just come from one source. So. Now, Brian, how much of AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation have you watched? Uh, so I've missed, uh, what, the last, I guess, two weeks of both. I normally try and watch it. Um, the dark Tuesday is a little bit rough because I really got to be in the mood for when it comes on because normally I watch, uh, I've been watching Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really want to get, um, you know, stuck watching four hours. In a night, every, you know, every, you know, the, every Tuesday is like a marathon. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. Because it's, it's dark. It's NXT now and impact. Right. Yeah. Well, no impact is on, is moved to Thursday. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it would, now it would be dark and NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do 
keep tr- I do keep track of the show. Right. Normally on Wednesday, I will check the results and uh, there's there's a page out there that grades the matches too. Right. So if it's a B or an A, I may go and try and track it down just to watch that particular match. Um, sometimes I do watch dark later on, but I mean, this, this is, this is is, watching wrestling on TV in today's society is very taxing. I mean, that's a great point you point out, Brian. Tell me why it's taxing. Well, so, all right. So for me, the, the wrestling week kicks off with around 12 Mm o'clock on Monday with Mm -hmm. being the elite. Then you move into uh, the new dark on Monday. Then you have Raw. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Tuesday and you have uh, dark. And then you have NXT. And then Wednesday is AEW. And then Thursday is Impact. And then Friday is SmackDown. And then some Saturdays you have a pay-per-view and some Sundays you have a pay-per-view. Uh, that's a lot of wrestling content. And then that doesn't include if you have a New Japan account, uh, if you watch ROH, if you watch uh, Pro Wrestling from Hollywood, if you watch the NWA. Yes, that's, I mean, that takes me back to high school when there was wrestling on every day, you know, an hour or two on ESPN every day. That was my favorite, man, coming home from school and turning on Global. Turning on world, well, I did. I guess I did catch a little bit of world class when it was on there, probably towards its end of its run. USWA, of course, was there before global. Um, but that was always cool because you, that you was we call it appointment TV now, right? You get home, you get the TV on, and boom, you've got an hour of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And you remember Joe Pettacino's News Minute? You remember when mm-hmm. he would do his News Minute and he would talk about everybody? Mm-hmm. I wondered how I got away with that. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I'm sure you just don't say certain words. Right, right, certain company names or anything like that. Yeah, so I, I don't see we're saying like, and back then it was, you know, it's not like today where, you know, a lot of stuff is probably trademarked either. Mm-hmm. So you could probably get away with saying a whole lot more on TV than you could today. Um, but the, the difference with, Today in high school is, I come home from school, I can turn it on, I don't have to worry about anybody else. Right. But today, you know, dinner, getting off work, family, you know, not taking over the TV and watching wrestling every night. And right. So, I, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit pickier now. And, you know, so there are like, like, the, the Raw after WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. is normally a big Raw, right? Right. So I may have to forego Evolution for Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday, well, it's, it's, you know, NXT goes to Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. And originally I forgot they went to Tuesday, so I was looking for Impact because right, right now there's the cross-promotion that I'm, I'm – I know it hasn't really kicked off much, but I'm kind of watching and and trying to figure out where this title for title match is going. 
which intrigues me because this isn't something I've seen since high school. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to see if somebody from AEW shows up on Impact or, right. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So Impact had my uh, my attention. But now Impact left and NXT is on there. And again, this is the first show since WrestleMania. And there were so many title changes. Well, let's see what's going on on NXT. So I've watched uh, NXT this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't watch Dark. And then, of course, Wednesday's AEW, Thursday's Impact. I'm um, not really into SmackDown. So I left that one alone. And um, there's no pay per views. But sometimes you on the week. acknowledge the Tribal Chief this week? No. Uh, sometimes on the weekends I do try and catch up on ROH and mm-hmm. wrestling from Hollywood. I got to say this week was actually an exhausting week. Last week was busy. You know, we had Mania, we had NXT, we had AEW, but there was a sense of excitement and energy to it. So I was able to kind of push through. I did miss Impact, so I'm a little bummed about that. But... What I noticed this week was I was exhausted because of the post-mania, like, letdown. So, Brian just mentioned it. The, the Raw after Mania, historically, is usually the best Raw of the year. And I went into it thinking, man, there's going to be some cool stuff happening. I can't wait. Almost as excited as I get for the Rumble. And, dude, there was nothing. Literally nothing happened on Monday. That was worth talking about. You know how disappointing and depressing that is (laughs) to know, oh, man, we got to talk about Monday. Cool. We're going to talk about Raw. Nope. Uh I can't think of a damn thing that happened that was really worth mentioning on Monday. Well, I mean, this is a bad part for me. So everybody that listens knows that I'm partial to the not watching WWE He's a non-machinist. I'm a non-machinist. Yeah, there you. Hey, that's clever. I like that non-machinist. <laughs> uh, now, I, again, I do watch it from time to time, and there are certain things that go on during the year right. that, it, to me, is must see. Right. So, you know, the Rumble is must see. Uh, I do normally watch all the pay-per-views because. Again, my train of thought is it's a pay-per-view, should be a great match, top quality, I should watch it, and most of the time I'm let down. Anyway, the past pay-per-view was WrestleMania, so that should trigger in the start of a new you know, season or whatever they want to call it, and then we get to Monday, and yeah, once again, it falls flat. Which then I think ultimately kicked me back into the non-machinist mode, and that's why I skipped SmackDown. Well, and that's a good point. You know, SmackDown traditionally is... I mean, it's been the better show, at least last year and most of this year. The Between between Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown's been the better show. NXT has always been a, an island unto itself, in my opinion. It's hard to really say yes or no that it's good or bad or anything like that because realistically speaking it's just different it's triple h's show but we're on smackdown or the predominant and and honestly raw has moments like the miz versus lashley 
basically that beatdown <laughs> that Lashley gave Miz was I, that was must see because it was a huge moment for Lashley cementing a legacy. And I'm glad for it. I mean, I don't always get behind him. He's not my favorite at most points, but you can't deny what this guy has accomplished and done over the span of a very, honestly, a very decorated career. Yeah. So, now, yeah. I I will I will admit just to to show the fan, you know, to to tell the people, you know, kind of my train of thought. I think that night when Lashley won was the last time I saw Raw before this Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I, I I don't know if I was looking, because I didn't start off watching it that night. And I think I got a, a update or something, because I get updates from, like, uh, the show, mm-hmm. you know, like matches and stuff like that. Who's, you know, and something intrigued me. And, again, I, I think Lashley deserves the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of Lashley when he talks. When Lashley doesn't talk and Lashley just does his thing, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Lashley. I like Lashley. I liked him in Impact. I liked him before he went to Impact. Um, I guess I was very quiet about it, you know, because again, Lashley's one of these guys. Uh, you know, he, he's the one you could stand around the water cooler and be like, hey, did you see Lashley last night? And everybody looks at you like, uh, yeah. you go you go to that water cooler now. That, that's <laughs> your water cooler. There's no Lashley talk here. <laughs> you don't go here. <laughs> yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't belong in this water cooler. You go to your own. <laughs> but, but again, no, you're right, though. He's had uh, a lot of titles, and he has quietly built – uh, a pedigree, a very strong pedigree for himself. Yeah. Well, and that's where, you know, night one of WrestleMania versus night two, it's a tale of two WrestleManias, if you really look at it. Night one, you know, we talk about NXT, great shows, both days one and two. They had some real highlights. They had some moments we probably could have did without. I get tired of seeing Johnny Gargano go over when, realistically speaking, he shouldn't be. But alas, I digress. Going back into Mania, I mean, night one was stellar. You had Lashley and Drew McIntyre in a great matchup. I'm not a fan of MVP's, I guess, distraction. But Lashley wins at WrestleMania, cements, solidifies his legacy as champion, and gives him an actual run. I felt bad for Drew McIntyre in a sense because even though last year's was history-making for multiple reasons... I still feel like Drew is kind of owed or deserves, you know, his actual WrestleMania moment with people to celebrate a victory. Not that it won't happen, but I I still felt like, eh, if he had won, I think I would have been more in favor. But it doesn't take anything away from what Lashley did. Um, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, I mean, Jesus. These two ladies, they put everything they had in this matchup. And uh, it was history-making for a lot of reasons. I mean, it was the first time two African-American women main-evented WrestleMania. We just, two years prior, yeah, two years, 35, had the first time women main-evented Mania in general. So continuing to just open doors and you could see the emotion on their faces, it was just, night one was just an electric feeling. Then go to night two where the triple threat was together with 
you know, my wife and, and Rob brought one of his young Padwans, and we were sitting at, at the TV watching going, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> it was just like, what did they do? Because there was just so many, for example, the women's tag match, Shayna and Naya against Tamina and Natalia. Shayna and Naya have been dominant for the better part of a year. Really, they've been dominant. Wouldn't it have made better sense to have someone, a team, come through and to have a comeuppance kind of story? Or, or am I just the only person thinking that? Yeah, but so the question, the question, I guess, would be who would it be? Because neither, neither of the other two, have you ever treated them the way they should be treated? In Tamina and uh, uh, Natalia. Very true. Very true. Right, the, uh, Natalia is pound for pound your strongest wrestler in there. Mm-hmm. Right? Pound for pound. And Tamina is not a bad wrestler herself. They have his, uh, you know, they have names that people can recognize. They have wrestling ability that far exceeds most of that roster and yet they pretty much always get relegated to the back of the pack right right and that seemed to me that that kind of seemed like a mistake here you have you know a story built in and they did it all year long with lana Putting her through tables, putting her through tables, putting her through tables. No, Lana is never going to be that Natty Nightheart. It's just not going to happen. She's never going to be on the level as even even Peyton Royce. And I'm not putting Peyton Royce down. I'm just saying. She just won't be at that level either. But she does have these entertaining moments where, man, you want to see her succeed. And they had an opportunity at Survivor Series, and I really and truly thought... They were going to see it through, and we joked about it because, you know, for the for the FDW Prediction League that I'm in, and I was like, I was confident, man, this was going to happen. But nope, nope. Instead, we got a team that, to the best of my knowledge, was just thrown together only a couple weeks prior, and then suddenly was thrust into a title match. Well, yeah, but um, that's that's what I'm saying is uh, – but the, the the ultimate problem is is if this is who you envisioned, I don't think it shows a lot of confidence in what they consider women's tag teams. Very true. I mean, because they could have kept the iconics together. And that probably would have been a better showing. Naomi and Lana probably would have been a like a hotter team than Natty and Tamina. A more entertaining team. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't understand that one myself. So... But who knows? Maybe, maybe, 
Maybe they thought it was a good idea. Say that last part one more time. Maybe they thought it was a good idea. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> there's always this talk of it's the biggest stage, the granddad, you know, the granddaddy of them all. I always thought that was Starcade, by the way. Even though and I'm a I'm a WWE guy, I always thought Starcade was not what that was considered. But what do I know? It's just it's alarming to me because on the biggest stage you have finally the opportunity to deliver the storyline that you've really done all year long and you just ignored it and and then the, then the other part was you know, and, and I don't have a problem with with you know Shayna and Nia winning that, that really doesn't matter to me it, it what matters to me is that what was going to deliver for the money that people would invest you got what it was it 25,000 that they had what, in attendance? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, no, I don't remember the the number. I think the going figure was somewhere in that. I, again, I'm not positive. I know that they said that it was a, a sellout for what they were allowed to sell. Um, but the, the overview here, the overall opinion, is just why would you put yourself in a position that, you know, hey, we've got a chance here to really show the fans we appreciate and we're going to deliver. You got, you'll finally get those moments where you can get the fan reaction. Why wouldn't have that have been the better time to do it? Um, I, but again, this is like part of the problem with the, some of the stuff they do now. A lot of times it doesn't make sense to the average person, but it makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what that's what really it's all about is is making it make sense to your audience. But that was where the, the disconnect was. You know, you get to night two, you you look at the, the women's tag match. You look at Roman and Daniel Bryan and Edge, which the match itself wasn't bad at all. Actually, it was pretty good. But the end result, the the let's do. You know, we're going to do, I don't even know how many chair shots. We're going to throw somebody through steps. We're going to stretcher him out. But then he's going to come back. And then there's going to be a ref bump. And then I, I I felt like I was watching an episode of Impact. Hey, Impact would have handled that a whole lot better. Yeah, there would have at least been four or five low blows. At least. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm confident that we're, we're going to see um, – a new Impact World Champion. When we get to that conversation, we'll talk more about it. But I'm confident that's what we're going to see out of this rebellion that we're about to witness at Impact. But I have an actual theory that's kind of been bubbling around that I'm wondering if they're going to try to do this just to shock the world. Let's finish with Mania, though. Let's finish with Raw and SmackDown. Um, Brian, was there a missed opportunity that just glared at you for Mania for Night 2? Um... Everything. And I mean everything. So, we can start with, now again, I'm not going to be able to remember these in order, right? Yeah, but, but whoever does that. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know what in the world, I'll, I'll be nice, <laughs> Or whoever thought in their wildest dreams that the 
Fiend versus Randy Orton match was not going to be anything but a shit show. Yeah. Um, so that's how you pretty much start the night. That was a missed opportunity because the two of them are great individual wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You could have given us a great match prior to uh, some, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, right? I don't know. Like, I, it, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how, how I'm supposed to take that ending. She's with him, but she's not, is she not with him? She's controlling him. I, I mean, you, I don't know. I mean, we talked about it. You know, like, so if that's how you're going to play it, why not bring out Burned Fiend? You know, and have Burned Fiend do something to Bray Wyatt. Well, I think if they're going to continue with the convoluted story that they have been, especially after having the Fiend lose, um, then then damn it, you need to put Papa Shango up in there. Yeah, I, I mean, but to me, it's not it's not a convoluted, or it wasn't convoluted until Sunday, with an ending that makes no sense, and then the follow up being a promo from Alexa Bliss. And the only thing we get out of it is, oh, it's my playground, and guess what? I have a new friend. Yes, yes, Lily, or Lilith, or whatever. Yeah, and it's a doll. Okay. All right, well, I... it still doesn't explain what happened the night before. Well, and then, so... and then add to that Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse, where he doesn't even talk about it. Just says it's a new yeah. start. Yeah. So is this the end of what a lot of people thought was a good good storyline, or is there more to come, or what? I I mean, it literally makes no sense. Uh, so that was a missed opportunity. Again, we talked about the tag, the women's tag team match, missed opportunity. Um, who else was it? Sheamus. Didn't Sheamus win? Um, what did he win? Sheamus winning the U.S. title. Yeah, the U.S. title. And he won it from... See, I'm drawing a blank. And we're not even a week old. Barely a week old. <laughs> he wins wins the U.S. title from Riddle. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, so I, I, uh, not, not the whole night. The whole night wasn't a wreck. Uh, I don't like Riddle. Sorry. Um, uh, And then let's just, again, the rest of it to me is forgettable because as far as WrestleMania, as far as, you know, if if that's the way you're going to end four straight nights of pay-per-view quality wrestling, the whole, you miss the entire thing. Uh, Now, I do think the main event was pretty good. I do think you missed... Not one, but two opportunities because you could have gone either way. You, you know, in a in a three way match, the title should come off the champ, especially the caliber of opponents Edge and Daniel Bryan. There should be no way in the world that he keeps that. None, absolutely none. 
Somehow he does. Bad it for, makes no sense. I felt bad for Daniel Bryan and for Edge. Both of them, the storyline for either one of their victories would have propelled them into a whole other level. Like, the victory coming out of Mania is I toppled, you know, the head of the table. Now, granted, Roman's going to get that belt back. In my thought process, that's going to happen. He's the bad guy. That's how this works. But you get that moment at Mania, especially for Edge, a guy coming off of a 10-year hiatus or 9-year, having some great matches when he first gets back, gets injured, but then he wins the Rumble, which it wasn't really a bad Royal Rumble. So... All things considered, this was a good story. And everyone on Friday delivers just stellar promos heading in. I'm like, damn, this is some of the best mic work that I've heard Roman ever do. Uh, Edge, of course, is, well, he's Edge. You're not going to get a bad promo from Edge. And Daniel Bryan showing some fire that he hasn't in a few years. So we've got money (laughs) here with this matchup. And you get to the ending, and frankly... This isn't the time where you get the, I'm going to, you know, humble Edge and Daniel Bryan. To me, that's not where you do this. Because right. now, now why, why do I want to believe that Daniel Bryan and Edge are going to challenge again? What, I'm supposed right. to be convinced that either guy has a shot in hell? No, you just obliterated him. You, you did a, a concerto to Edge. You stacked him and pinned him. So why should I think either one of them are a credible challenge? Right. Um, and you know the. I'm pretty sure I've said this before, right? So you kind of painted yourself into a corner with Roman Reigns. Yep. Right. I, I've said it before. There are times that he wins when he should lose. There are times that he, you know, just goes into Superman mode. Well. Guess what, WWE? If you don't have the people to counter Superman mode, mm-hmm. you might as well just shut SmackDown down. Because now you've taken two, one Hall of Famer. And one surefire bet. Right. But two of your best wrestlers, and you've let Roman Reigns destroyed with this whole Superman stuff. Right? And now what are you going to do? Huh? Where's this one coming from? You're going to bring up somebody from NXT? Oh, uh... I'll tell you what's got me scared now. I'll tell you what's got me scared now. You know who they're lining up for his next challenger? No. Cesaro. Oh, but, oh, okay, well, who's going to get behind that, right? So it would be great to see Cesaro win, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but why should I get behind it? Yeah, and let's clarify, think about this, everyone wants to see Cesaro do this. Right. Nobody wants to say Cesaro doesn't belong there, he definitely does, but he, he should win. So if Cesaro loses... You have which essentially wasted his WrestleMania match with Seth Rollins. Right. Which, by the way, awesome matchup between the two. Probably the best match both of them have had in a few years. Well, yeah, but it's not just wasting his WrestleMania moment. Mm-hmm. It's wasting a title run 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't win, he gets relegated and sent back to the pack, much like Kevin Owens, much like Edge, and now much like Daniel Bryan. Back to the pack because, God bless, Superman. Who's going to beat Superman? Right. I mean, to date, Cesaro's biggest win is probably over Roman Reigns. I mean, not Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. At WrestleMania. But this whole time, he's out-wrestled most of the guys he wrestles. Mm-hmm. How many times has he been a singles champ? Hmm. Maybe we're, a few. We're talking, about, we're, we're talking about Cesaro now? Yes. Uh, Cesaro's U.S. champion. Um, um, okay, how long has it go? How long has it go? Here's the other thing. His U.S. title reign. Let's see. Cesaro debuts in WWE. Um, I'm pulling this up right now just to make sure I have the time, ra- time range proper. Cesaro held the U.S. title in 2012. Ooh. That's nine years, dude. Jeez. How does that happen? Who falls asleep at the wheel long enough to let, let a guy like Cesaro just get slipped into the background? You know, and, he, was, he was a Heyman guy, you remember? Yeah, he was managed and, by Heyman briefly. And we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. This has been this has been talked about by us. That there's no reason this should happen. He should be in your main event. He should be a main event player. Mm-hmm. But some guy that you have not paid any lick of attention to, no matter how much the fans scream for him, and now he's got a shot at Roman Reigns. The guy that you have just made indestructible for no reason other than, huh? Well, we're just going to keep ramming them down the, the, the fans' throats because I'm Vince McMahon. I'm the smartest guy in the room. Let's let's point out, Cesaro, probably one of the most consistent performers in wrestling, period. Not just right now, just in wrestling. Because his match, I don't know that he's had a bad, I don't know if a bad Cesaro match ever existed. Just putting it out there. I mean, his entire body of work is is pretty damn legendary. When he finally does retire, somebody's going to look at that and go, God, how does WWE not pull the trigger on this guy? Right. And so fans right now of Cesaro, man, I, I get it. You're excited. I'm excited for him too. But you know what? Honestly, what takes over instead of excitement is fear for a guy like Cesaro because if he gets buried at the hands of Roman, and this isn't a – well, you know, Joe Anoy is uh, gonna or not you, however I pronounce it. I apologize. It, you know, he's he's gonna be burying him. No, we all know who's really pulling this string, and it's the same guy that pulled pulled the string and pulled the trigger, quote unquote, on you know what happened this past Thursday. Which, by the way, Brian, this was a little odd to me. The releases this week, the same day of the year as last year's releases post Mania. That's, no, that yeah, but that that's doesn't. uncanny. No, I I think I think it's 
just the way it fell. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that they know going into Mania who, who they're going to get rid of. And, well, we're going to give you a WrestleMania moment. Mm-hmm. And then come Tuesday, you know, because we're probably going to milk all it's worth out of it and get some of you on Monday Night Raw, we're going to fire you. Okay, Brian over here in the uh, chat room at c2cradioshow.com got a got an anonymous chatter in there giving us a shout out from the folks over at FTW. Hello guys. Looking forward to uh, this week. First week back at Prediction Prediction Sports. You know Brian, I did lose the Breakouts Championship over this yeah, yeah. weekend. We were there. We saw you cry. It However, was emotional. We, we did we did learn a valuable lesson don't predict on WrestleMania? Yeah, you're right. No. You're right. <laughs> no, no. Listen to your wife. Uh, that's, well, yeah, that's true. Because my wife was, was very unhappy. And actually, she wanted, before the match was really done, before the week was finished, she wanted to take the belt away from me and hide it in the other room. She yeah, you like, got yeah, the you big hit. Yeah, you it. got the big hit. You got the big hit and you lost. <laughs> I honestly felt a lot of matches were going to go different ways. I really, really did. Um, it's just insane to me that anybody would would just – it's crazy. How you take a guy like, you know, The Fiend and have Randy Orton beat him, I don't know. How you have – it's just all of these different things that would have made so much sense. Like, but no to, to me, though, The Fiend and Randy Orton is not so much like who wins. Right. Other than, again, you know, I, I I don't really understand how you can have someone like Randy Orton, who's very much gray, you know, kind of down the middle, mm-hmm. good, bad, indifferent, whatever, and put him in a feud with a guy that's really supposed to be healed. Mm-hmm. And the most heelish thing we get out of that match, uh, besides the Alexa Bliss popping out the jack in the box, and I'm assuming getting covered in the same stuff that Randy Orton was choking up a few weeks ago. The Papa Shango goo. Yeah, the most hellish thing out of that match was the red light. Oh, God. I thought they were done with that. No. Again, somebody thinks he's a lot smarter than us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I've said it before, you know, WWE isn't marketing to us. They're not marketing to us older fans. They don't care. <coughs> They're looking for the 10-year-old. They're looking for the 11-year-old. No. Nope. Maybe even mm-hmm. You're wrong. Nope. The only person the WWE is marketing to is Vince McMahon. <laughs> now that that is that's probably observable fact right there. Yes. He still thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I, again, I on that match, I could have gone either way, but that match should have been a WrestleMania match, and that is any that match they gave us is any match that you could have watched on Raw or SmackDown any other week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it really should have been a standout. Realistically yes. speaking, this could have been, and it didn't have to be like any kind of technical nonsense. It really should have been a standout moment. Like the intro for him was solid for both guys. Randy Orton wearing white trunks. That's just different. It is. It's different. But having the Fiend come out doing the burned gimmick and then coming out as like in brand new gear, which did look cool. 
um, coming up through the Jack in the Box was kind of cool. Um, I mean, let's be real. Alexa Bliss looked amazing. Sorry. She did. Um, but, but then to just kind of soil that with just a, a very, just not well thought out plan. And, and if Randy Orton had won by an RKO out of nowhere, I guess in the end, that's not as big of a deal as just saying, we're just going to have randomly someone just show up, but they're not going to do anything. You're just going to bleed black goo and, and then we're going to do the red light and, and we're going to, I get confused at the goo. Like I'm, I'm lost after that. Like as soon as she shows up on top of the Jack in the box, I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to suck. Right. And, and, and again, to me, I guess that's, that's kind of where, I mean, like you literally lost me mm-hmm. at that first match. Yeah. And I did not get, I mean, I was there, you were there. Mm-hmm. I was looking at my phone. I was looking at my iPad. I wasn't really paying much attention, right? Well, and that was, Be- the, look, think about the reaction of the fans in attendance in the front row. I mean, what a way to, that you ha- you had an opportunity to kick off WrestleMania so that everybody that followed them to would have had to try and one up. Right. Right. And I know that both of them could do it because, again, both of them are two of your best wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you like Randy Orton. I don't care if you like his character. I don't care if you don't like him personally. I don't care. There's one thing you cannot take away from Randy Orton, and that's his in-ring wrestling ability. He is on par, wrestling-wise, with some of the greats in the business. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt is very similar because he is a great in-ring wrestler. And you had two great in-ring wrestlers to open up night two WrestleMania after you kind of dumped the first one, first night of WrestleMania in the trash. The only thing that really saved it was your main event. And then, boom, you take the crowd out of it the first match. Nobody there knew what was going on. Nobody watching on TV knew what was going on. You didn't put out any tweets saying, hey, uh, well, I guess Alexa's more evil than we thought. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It pissed yeah, it away. I noticed there was a not the, – the interaction that used to come from their social media used to happen pretty much real time. And now they, they just don't have that. Which is kind of odd, considering how much, how much of a following they do have on social media. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, you know, again, so for me, WrestleMania, this WrestleMania, the one night I saw was worse than the last WrestleMania, and the last WrestleMania I thought was the worst I'd ever seen. And I have watched every WrestleMania from start to finish. And a lot of them I have watched more than once. <laughs> well, and then, and then the, the the real sad part of it is is the follow-up, which could have really been great. I will say NXT did a great job with their follow-up from yes. the week prior. Um, yes. But the follow-up with Raw and SmackDown just, just failed in so many ways. Hopefully... Hopefully, there's going to be some standout moments where we see maybe someone else other than Charlotte Flair uh, doing a promo that makes no sense. That that was just we get it, Charlotte. You're good. Congratulations. 
can we do something else now? Um, yeah, but again, though, that's that's they're they're trying to turn her, make her into the queen, queen bitch. You know, that's that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. They can do that. But here's the thing: like, you're you're watered. You've watered down your roster already to an extent to where no one, not even the champions, can have any degree of confidence that they're going to be champion for any kind of time. So how do you prepare? How do you mentally go in there and say, we're going to make this the best we've ever done? You can't, because how do you plan for that? You walk in one day and you're, hey, congratulations, you're the new champ, you're going to be the face of the company, blah, 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 in the following month. Oh, yeah, uh, we're going to have you lose the title, um, and then we're going to have you off TV for a few weeks. Uh, huh? Like, I don't know how motivating I would motivated I would be. Yeah, but with with the money they pay, I'd, I'd be quite motivated. I mean they they're not they're not giving you chump change. That's a fair statement. Uh, I mean, case in point, look at the uh, text that CM Punk sent to Samoa Joe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, when Thursday happened, we kind of transitioned from from Mania headed towards. Uh, we're going to talk about AEW here shortly, but we're going to get through these releases. When that happened, and you see CM Punk saying they should have never gave us money. <laughs> but the sad and simple truth is he's right. Because now that they've gotten paid, man, they don't have to do anything. They can do what they want. That's why CM Punk hasn't, like, I'm going to come back. He doesn't have to. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that it's not just CM Punk who saved his money, which is super smart. But it's also the same CM Punk that sued them. Because they refused his royalties, and so they had to pay him for putting him on 2K13 and in 2K14. So he's like, yeah, you paid me, so now I'm, I'm good to go. I don't need you. Samoa Joe's the same way. Samoa Joe wanting to get cleared because he didn't want to do commentary anymore. I understand that. And we already know that WWE just doesn't do well with, uh, with the clearing and the treatment of people's health because... I mean, let's not forget that it's the same company that told told everybody that, you know, CM Punk had, what did they say, they had strep, and then he also had a concussion, you know, but what it actually finds out is when he gets fired and, and about three months after he leaves, he actually had a staph infection, he had MRSA, and could have freaking died. Well, that's cool, we'll give you a Z-Pack. Uh, <laughs> no, like, like I, I don't blame him for not wanting to come back. And Samoa Joe, when he gets cleared, because he will, he will get cleared. Look at Christian. Christian is a perfect example of this. He said, all right, fine, I'll play your game. And as soon as he was able to get clear, where is he at? Well, he's not at WWE. He took their pay-per-view money because he's not an idiot. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll go to the Rumble. Cool. And then he's like, all right, I'm, I'm, since I'm cleared now, I'm, I'm going here where they're going to let me actually work. I mean, it's just it's reality, yeah. and and that's what that's what WCW and WWE used to do to one another back in the day. So there is a part of me, especially with the forbidden door being basically kicked in, um, there is a part of me that hopes that we see something fundamentally change. Even though, and I did give a lot of fans a hard time about this on Thursday because people were wishing death upon Vince McMahon. Maybe there's some truth to the statement of until that guy dies or is no longer in control of WWE, 
nothing changes. I don't know that I'd wish death on the guy, but uh, you know, I definitely get the get the narrative. I understand the point. Yeah. So, but I, I so since 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 we're here, let's talk about the releases. That's it. Let's. Yeah. Um, are you kidding me? Some of some of these people, are you like legit kidding me? That you let them go? There's it, there's there's a lot of question on these. Yeah. So let me pull up the the complete list because. There were multiple reports sent out on Thursday. I think it started about 11 o'clock that morning, um, you know, where people were being released. And the first two names that I saw that really kind of shocked me um, was finding out that Peyton Royce and Billy Kay had been released. I was like, wow, Billy Kay just wrestled at Mania. And we were talking about it earlier tonight. You know, she just she's had a storyline. It's not like she's been ignored. Now Peyton Royce, right. on the other hand, hasn't been able to buy a shot at Raw, which yep. I still don't know why. But wasn't she just in the start of a storyline, like two weeks prior to Mania? She just cut this hellacious promo uh, on Raw Talk after the show, and really lit into how much her potential as she stated, haunts her, which was a great, great promo. Um, and this thing is, the thing is, the realization that she and Billy Kay are both going to be free agents and available in July. Um, well, Brian, we're coming up on that time of year where everybody's going to be hitting the road for vacations. And, oh, by the way, this pandemic, as people continue to get vaccinated, uh, it seems to be subsiding, so we're getting ready to come to that time where live shows and live audiences are going to be back. Wouldn't you want some a, a, a tandem duo that generates as much attention as the Iconics? Wouldn't you want them in your pocket for those audiences? I now, wouldn't. are you are you talking like the, the big three or big? I guess number two and number three. Yeah, I'm saying two and three at the moment because right, because I don't one see is either lady going to Japan. Left. Yeah, I don't see Japan in their future. Uh, they could try it. I just don't think they'll do it. Um, yeah. Maybe Women of Honor, but I don't see that being a long-term plan. Right. I'm thinking it's going to be either Impact or, or AEW. Listen, so I don't care what anybody says, right? Now, Billy Kay, I think more than Peyton Royce is more your mouthpiece, yeah. right? Maybe she's just a little bit more grittier when you listen to her talk. She's the one you really want to see get the, the piss slapped out of her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she can't wrestle, but I think Peyton Royce is the better of the two as far as wrestling. However, comma, if you put the two of them together or even singles, they're still better than a lot of the competition definitely on AEW. And they would be a perfect fit for Impact. Because I think they could compete very well with Impact. You know, with Impact's roster. See, AEW has a lot of up-and-coming female wrestlers. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a very strong division. Right? Especially if you factor in Evolution, Dark, 
and Dynamite. Their 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 women's division is picking up steam. They're being showcased and highlighted like never before, mm-hmm. right? And you're getting uh, Jade Cargill. You're you're starting to watch her put it together. Um, what is it? Red Velvet. Mm-hmm. You're watching her put it together. You're watching some of these other ones put it together. But now if you were to bring in the Iconics, even just Peyton Royce, which is probably going to end up happening, considering Sean Spears is there. Yep. Are you kidding me? That automatically elevates your division. Well, and it it opens the – you've already seen in a very short amount of time AEW has a huge willingness to expand. Mm -hmm. And they're intelligent about it. They've got basically their developmental, which is dark and dark elevation. And then they've got Dynamite, which is their main roster, which I think is fine. But if you don't think that bringing the Iconics in couldn't kickstart a women's tag division in AEW, (laughs) yeah, that'll happen. It will. Think about it. I mean, Sean Spears is not the only reason that Peyton Royce would be a good fit in AEW. But it sure as hell helps. Uh, well, wouldn't yeah, you want to be in a company with somebody that you trust with, like, everything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not? And not only that, but somebody that's literally like, look, this company is different than any other company. There, right. are, plenty of, there are plenty of talent out there that literally say that. Like this company is is great to work for, right? It's it's different than any any place I've ever been before. So we we look further. I mean, obviously the iconics was a huge loss. Kalisto, Wesley Blake, Tucker. Um, look out of the three, Kalisto to me, big star, um, could easily go back to AAA and continue to dominate. And eventually, yeah, I think he'd probably find his way to a New Japan, Ring of Honor, AEW at some point. And I think he would be treated very well, and I think he would make a lot of money. I don't know that he'd win championships because I don't know that that's necessarily a need. But do I think he could be part of the Lucha Brothers? Uh, Yeah. Look at this guy. Look at the look that Kalisto brings, and not to mention look at the ability. What if we saw – what if we saw Kalisto – and Ray Phoenix. Very similar in styles, very similar in stature and look. I mean, never mind the fact that the original Sin Cara is back in AAA and already tweeting him, hey, come on home, brother. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, that. he's going to land on his feet. He's going to do really well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see him go back to AAA. Yeah. Just because I think you would get more out of him there than you would any place else, other than maybe New Japan. And, and, and it, it's the, so like the Lucha Brothers, right? In order to get the best out of them, not everybody can do it. That's true. You, you see what I'm saying? And I think if you bring an, a, another guy that's similar to them, like he may have to tone it down a little, which will be a disservice to him. Yeah, that's a fair point. I didn't really look at it that way. Um, I would say that I think he will be in a position that puts him for success a lot quicker, a lot smoother if he goes to AAA 
um, only because he doesn't have to rebuild anything. It's pretty much, right. boom, he's back, and here he is. Right. Um, you know, another guy that I think is going to have some some work to do, but only because he hasn't gotten a whole lot of exposure is Wesley Blake. Um, I think you saw in the in the corner-to-corner chat, I had to ask who he was when I read that he was released because I haven't seen him in forever. He was actually right. a tag champion at NXT with Murphy. Right. Um, and he, I guess he was part of the – was he part of the Forgotten Sons? I think he was. Yeah, he might have been. Uh, so I knew the name, but again, mm-hmm. it was one of those, wait, he still works there? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, from the from the files of, does he still work there? Mojo Rowley. <laughs> Apparently he skips through last year's, you know, Black Wednesday, but he sure as hell was live and in living color on Black Thursday. Um, and, and I think that – you know, I was asked on on uh, Shooter's Gallery this past week over at Beyond Ringside, hey, who do you think goes where? I think Mojo stays in Maryland. I think he goes to MCW and probably transitions into – I think he'd probably be a big star there. I think he would have a lot of success there, and then I think he would probably transition into one of their trainers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if – AEW or Impact are right for Mojo. Not yet, anyway. If Mojo, you know, if he ends up growing, if he ends up, you know, improving over the course of time, maybe. And that's that's from a perspective of, look, what we've seen of Mojo Rally since his NXT days, his original NXT days, hasn't been much. And so it's hard to really gauge what this guy's capabilities are. It's hard to really you know, gauge what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, you know, so out of the releases, though, I do think <coughs> that if you were to change the, change his gimmick a little bit, right, mm-hmm. just tweak it some and send him to Japan, he would probably go over huge. I'm not saying he's got to win, you know, like be one of these guys that has to win. Mm-hmm. But I think his over-the-top personality, if he went to New Japan, right, would probably do him very well. I would be concerned that he would go to, like, a Impact, for example. And this is going to sound, you know, critical of him, and I really don't mean it to, but have delusions of grandeur when he first gets there. Um, and then would be disappointed because he's not given a higher profile setting. Um, but in a guy like him, you've got a proven NFL talent, right? A proven NXT talent that we've seen. And, and from that, what I'm saying here is that the ability he showed and the, the charisma he had in NXT was just so cut down when he went to main roster that it was no reason to buy in. So... For him to go to New Japan and be successful, I could see him very easily in a role kind of like Captain New Japan. Um, mm-hmm. Turning it up to 11, of course, and you'd probably see it a whole other direction that you could take it. Hell, have him take a serious role if he wants, but I could see him branching out and this being a good thing, much like it was for, for, for Brian Myers, for Kurt Hawkins, when he was released. Mm-hmm. Um... Another one that, honestly, even though we talked about him a few weeks ago, 
that kind of surprised me that he was <laughs> still on the active roster, Bo Dallas. Um, I don't know if Bo Dallas had been hurt for a period of time, but I know that there was talk about having him come in and work with Bray Wyatt briefly. He even came in and helped them test different things, but he apparently had had conversation with Liv Morgan, who, guess what? He and Liv Morgan own a farm together. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I didn't know they were a thing. But cool. Good for them. Um, but he basically, he comes in, helps them do test runs of different things, helps them set up the sets, and then ultimately gets forgotten and left out. Maybe he just retires. Uh, it's possible, but uh, again, here's here's a talented wrestler who could go to any number of different spots mm-hmm. and probably thrive like he's never been given that opportunity before. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, much like his brother, he's a very capable wrestler. Very true. And, again, a place like New Japan, change it up a little bit, and they would probably just literally eat him alive as far as like they would he would be a huge star because a he can wrestle and b he can talk and you know as well as i do if a foreign talent goes over there that can wrestle and talk mm-hmm. they normally go over and i think bo can do both well, let's, let's look at a, a great example of somebody who was in NXT and showed extreme promise, then fizzled out, was let go, and then went to New Japan and turned into a huge star. Let's look at Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson was C.J. Parker, I believe was his name, in NXT. He was uh, kind of aloof as far as character-wise and literally jobbed out every opportunity they really had for him. He goes to Japan, and the next thing you know, he's a freaking cult hero there. The guy teams with uh, Dave Finley, who I believe is Fit Finley's son, and forms a tag team that is now the Impact Tag Team Champions and is also part of one of the biggest groups, might I add, in professional wrestling known as the Bullet Club. We might want to put that out there. Was. I don't, I don't think he is now. Oh, is he not Bullet Club anymore? I don't know. No. Because uh, when Finley and Kim were over here and they faced the Good Brothers, I don't think it was ever mentioned. They, they don't wear the paraphernalia uh, or anything. Okay. Well, needless to say, there is life. After the E. There's actually a, a lot of life <laughs> after the E. Yeah. And, and again, so I mean, you look at the other one, right? So uh, Kenny Omega mm-hmm. was a rising star, went to the E, and one day said, this isn't for me. Deuces. I'm out. Goes to New Japan and ultimately turns into one of the biggest stars on the planet 
as of now. And as of now, changes the game. Yes. <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. Say what you want about Kenny Omega, and I've got my share of complaints about some of his stuff lately. But you cannot and will not ever be able to convince me that Kenny Omega hasn't fundamentally changed the business at, at a damn near chemical level <laughs> with what he's been doing since turning bad and becoming AEW champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, the work that is getting done right now is is beyond meta. It is outside the box so far that it might as well be a whole other box. It's just crazy what they're doing. I mean, AEW and Impact are about to do a title unification match. Impact versus AEW at Rebellion, Rich Swan and Kenny Omega. And there's so much potential there for some crazy shenanigans to happen. But WWE's not doing that and probably wouldn't do that had AEW not opened that door. And the reason I word it that way is guess what we just saw on the WWE Network over on Peacock? Uh, Chris Jericho on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, which, by the way, great interview. Um, Great interview and insight from Jericho, who talks very matter-of-factly about the transition from one to the other. And, uh, you know, hey, in all fairness, kudos to Vince McMahon for giving it the nod to let him do it. I'm, I'm almost just curious, though, how much he could have said no? Uh, well, it's on his network. So outside of it just being the audio podcast, which I think Austin still does, um, but he wanted it on Broken Skull Sessions. They'd been talking about doing it for, according to the interview, is for years. Um, and so if Vince says no, it doesn't happen. But the funny yep. thing is, the funny thing is, is the way he gets told yes is through a text. Does yeah, Vince even when, answer his own text messages? I don't know, but but you understand what I'm saying though. Austin has the ability to do it other places. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If that yeah. interview is going to happen, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. But right. the fact that WWE says, "Yeah, go ahead," tells me that. Maybe maybe what CM Punk has said is, is in the past is true. Vince isn't worried or scared of them. But what it also shows is, okay, so let's put the walls down a little bit here. You know, Nobody's perfect. There's going to be sh- crap that happens, and we're talking about it right now with these releases on, on WWE's side, and AEW is, is on the rise. But this is a moment in history where we can go, oh, crap. That's pretty cool. In and of itself, it's just pretty cool. Yeah, but... F- if he can score like Omega, see that or Cody, Cody would then, probably Cody would be a game changer. Kenny would be huge, but Cody because of where he was there and where he right. was with WWE, wow, right. that would be huge. Yeah, and uh, you know I think Dustin is more like Jericho, where mm-hmm. it's it's cool, but it's not like a stand up. You're gonna pay attention moment. Right. But if you brought Omega or mm-hmm. Cody, because you know you've heard about Co- the hardships for Cody, yeah, <laughs> you like Cody have an open mic on a right, WWE right. program. Let him talk then about his co- Stardust days and yeah. see how how <laughs> big your metal is there. <laughs> yeah. But but the, but then the cool thing is, 
is that maybe, just maybe, AEW and the WWE have talked, mm-hmm. and maybe the door truly is open, right? Because this is almost like the the last bastion, the last, you know, it's like the, the, the Mariana's Trench in the ocean. It's like the right. last place. Well, let's That's be real. the only place left you got to go. This is the door that opens. If you open this door, every other door is open, period. If you open yes. this door, if you walk through this door, if you're bold enough as Vince McMahon or whoever's in charge and say, you know what, Tony, let's do this. Yeah. You take that well, one it, step, that, that's wrestling changed forever. Yeah, and, and if Tony Khan does not, on on the next little you know, I'm the I'm the doorkeeper or whatever the <laughs> forbidden the door. door. <laughs> yeah, if he does, if he doesn't capitalize on this, oh, I does. then then he should just hang it up because it'll be a golden opportunity. Because that's what I would do. Oh yep. yeah, Jericho, he's on WWE programming. Yeah, I opened that door. Yeah, I, <laughs> I told him he could do it. Yeah, it's I fine. told him he could do it. Yeah, I said go and do it. <laughs> All right, so then we've got a few other names here on these releases, bud. We got Tucker. Um, here's where I have to be an asshole. I'm not sad for Tucker. I know Tucker's mad, and I know a lot of fans of Otis and Tucker Heavy Machinery are upset because of them getting broken up, seemingly now for nothing, much like the Iconics. But here's why I'm not sad for Tucker. Tucker is going to ultimately turn this into payday after payday. If he goes to the Indies... He is former WWE superstar Tucker and gets paid appropriately. If he goes to Impact, he gets to play a role much like Eric Young, much like uh, Kurt Hawkins, Matt Cardona. Because he's been there, he can say he was there, and it will transition him into better things. But at the same time, I have to point out that what really bugged me about watching him perform in the past few months, and I don't know his internal strife. So maybe he was just this much, this unhappy. But the lack of motivation I've seen from this guy kind of tells me he was hoping they'd fire him. Which, hey, hopefully this turns into something positive for him. But of all of the releases, I was like, yeah, I saw that one from Yeah, but so why wouldn't you, if you were in his spot, not kind of like feel slighted? I mean, as a oh, tag team, like I said, you I mean, were, he's got every right to be angry. Yeah, you were over. You were on the fast lane to, to getting those titles, and then, mm-hmm. boom. Your career and your tag former tag team partners not only stalled, but have fallen off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got an axe to grind, and he's already wanting to talk. How do I know this? You're wanting to talk. He already has gone to Twitter and said, hey, I can't wait to talk about what happened. And yes, in true form, I did send an email out and said, hey, man, if you want to come to Quarter to Quarter, we're happy to talk to you. You don't have to give us all the dirt, but if you want to tell your story, we'll listen. As the Ghostbusters would say, Tucker, we are ready to believe. But seriously, I mean, hey, if he ever wanted to come over here, cool. I'd be happy to talk to him. But I I just, 
for a guy like that, and, and you're right, because Otis at least is in a tag team role right now with Chad Gable, and honestly is getting some good TV time, and is working with the Mysterios. These are pretty good positive moments for him. Meanwhile, Tucker is typically in the 24-7 title chase. I'll let you guys react accordingly. Let me know when you're finished cheering. Okay, Brian, I think you're done cheering. Yeah. <clears throat> the last three names on this list um, really did surprise me, especially the last one. Uh, we'll start with Chelsea Green. Uh, Chelsea Green, of course, fiancé to Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona. Uh, former Impact talent, Laurel, Vi Laurel Van Ness, I think was her name. She was the crazy bride. Um, but also she had developed a, a sense of character and, and, and awareness of her in NXT with former w, excuse me, former Impact standout Robbie E. Or Robert, Robert Strauss brand now. Um, these are this, this is somebody that had a lot of potential. Debuted on SmackDown. Unfortunately broke her wrist in that same night. And was shelved put on the sidelines for months finally gets cleared and literally the moment she's cleared they let her go this would be somebody that much like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce whether it's Impact Women of Honor maybe even Shimmer or AEW of course she's going to bounce back in a pretty big way and she'll probably be one of the released talents that makes you go damn I really shouldn't have pulled the trigger on that one I mean, you can only hope, however, much like Peyton Royce, if she were to go to Impact, I think she does help them a little bit, so you might be true on that regard. That might be one of those, uh, we probably should have thought that one out a little bit more. Because she does have a legitimate axe to grind, and I think when she does bounce back, because she had improved quite a bit since her initial Impact run. Bringing her back now would just be like, well, the, the next two people on our list. Let's talk about Mickey James getting released. Here's a surefire Hall of Famer, a multi-time women's champion, Impact and WWE, for the record, and Divas champion, at the same time is responsible for some of the best moments coming out of the Attitude Era with her work with Trish Stratus. But in today's era of the women's revolution, was never, and, and I stand by this, never given a fair opportunity to really shine on her own. I mean, she gets sidelined by a shoulder injury, which sucked for her. I really hated to see that. Um, but when she comes back, she is basically jobbed out to Asuka in a way that still has us all scratching our heads. Um, apparently, at that point, was still cleared and never put on television outside of interviews in the backstage area of, hey, what do you think about this person? Uh, and then, of course, there's the fact that she has a music career. Oh, and did I mention that she's married to the current NWA World's Heavyweight Champion? If you don't think that she could show up on NWA tomorrow, because apparently she's the only one that doesn't have a non-compete. To me, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, well, she was probably... The only one that had the um, ability to put put that in there, <laughs> you 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, while it's – we've talked an awful lot about different talents going to New Japan or AEW. I think she, honestly, while AEW could certainly be on her radar and vice versa, I think she would probably be the type of person that would say, you know what, let's do something I haven't done yet. Let's go to NWA. Let's work with my husband. I think that's what she would do. I think she would work with with Nick Aldis for a bit, win the women's championship there, and w- – by the way, that door that's open, don't, isn't that? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it was the NWA Women's Championship that was there. Oh, yeah. So then she could in turn show up on AEW. Then she could in turn feud and wrestle with Sheeta, which, hey, I'll, I'll take that every day. Um, and then there's no telling. The fact that she's this high up in stature as far as her, her actual career and is a free agent to me is mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, she's kind of like Jericho, though. She she doesn't really, she comes and goes. But she doesn't age, dude. Well, yeah, I'm not saying she doesn't age. I'm just saying she comes and goes. I I would not be shocked if a year if she doesn't wrestle in a year and a half from now, they don't dust her off and bring her back. I think in that in that era or that atmosphere that she certainly could be one of those types that comes back at a different level but I also think that if she does come back it's because of the Hall of Fame but you know again she this isn't the first time she's left I don't think it's even the second or third time she's left Mm -hmm. so again it's not like she can't come back it's you know at least for her they're 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 not keeping her on the roster with nothing to do because she i imagine her salary probably commands quite a bit compared to Mm -hmm. everybody but joe and then you said his name here's a guy that you probably will look back at the day you released him as one of the largest mistakes you've made in the past couple of years. First and foremost, let's talk about what he did just overall for your company as a representative. He went ahead and experienced the concussion protocol, did everything you asked him to do, did commentary, succeeded at it, might I add, and then performed admirably in a commentary position in the middle of the pouring rain during WrestleMania weekend. How do you reward this guy? He asks for, for, you know, to clear him so he can come back to the ring. You tell him no, and then you fire him. Well, here's the deal. You've got four promotions right now, four of them, that would easily have this man at the top of the card. Not just the top of the card, but probably behind the scenes and helping to direct traffic and then also having a role in some degree of creative because he's that damn smart. We're talking, of course, about Samoa Joe. I mean, this is a guy that could go to Ring of Honor, NWA, New Japan. He could go to AEW, Impact. He can go wherever he wants. And wherever he goes, he's going to make a tremendous, a huge impact. The moment he's back in that ring, that's going to be a big moment. Yes. And, and, I mean, literally... (laughs) If he can wrestle, right, and he can wrestle like he used to wrestle, you have made a huge mistake. 
let's let's look at it from from possible matches. Samoa Joe against anybody in Ring of Honor. Period. Sorry, it's, there, there's so many people he could have great matches with. The Briscoes, Dalton Castle. Go to New Japan. You don't want to see Okada and Samoa Joe, Kota Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr., Will Osprey, and Samoa Joe. All right, let's go over to Impact. Eric Young. Well, we already know that's going to be a great matchup. Matt Cardona. Again, great matchup. Eddie Edwards. Sammy Callahan. James Storm. Wow, I think I've seen that before, but that'll definitely be a good one. All right, cool. Now let's go down south to Jacksonville. All right, so you got Kenny Omega. That's a dream match by itself. Cody Rhodes. We already know that they'll work well together. John Moxley, another same. The Lucha Brothers. The Bucks. Darby Allin. I mean, the, the, and I'm only, I don't even think I've really scratched the surface of how many potential dream matches there are with this guy. And the unfortunate part is, if he's not able to get back in the ring, if he's truly hurt and not able to compete, that sucks for him. But if he goes to a commentary position, all right, well, we already know that he's great at that. I could easily see him stepping in with Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown over at Impact or replacing one of them. Uh, he'd be a huge benefit at the commentary table in AEW without question. Uh Let's look at it even better. Ring of Honor. Who better than to have Samoa Joe, one of the people that carried the company on his back for years? Or maybe he just says the hell with it, kind of like CM Punk, and decides to transition into a different role entirely. He's a pretty charismatic cat. I could see him doing some acting if he wanted to. I, I still want to see Russell Lopez. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I didn't sign on as a Samoa Joe fan to see him talk. But he can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when when I saw the commentary changes, and by the way, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, the commentary changes were pretty positive. Uh, Adnan Vic, I think it, or Virk, great, great addition to Raw. He did really well. Very confident. Pat McAfee. We already know Pat McAfee's great. Um, so those changes were positive. I'll tell you what else was positive, Brian. And I'm glad that we saved this for last because this is truly something that we've been talking about since they first hinted at it in early 2020. We've got the pinnacle in the inner circle headed to May 5th, Brian, for what we are now confirmed as calling blood and guts two rings one cage two teams an all out war finally it's happening dude it's freaking after, happening after a year yep. uh, real quick though uh, to back up just a second we should also make mention that a lot of talented agents were let go also mm-hmm. um, from the WWE which again if they go other places in the agent role, could come back and bite him in the butt, too. So, okay. So, anyway, let's talk some blood and guts. <laughs> uh, so, but this, this is kind of, uh, this is kind of like, I don't know who's the bad guy, who's the good guy here. Mm-hmm. So, I'm assuming the pinnacle are the heels. Uh, but Jericho's, uh, the inner circle... They just uh, keep beating up the pinnacle, which makes no sense. There's, 
there's a lot of room for for what we could see happen here. Um, if Jericho is truly transitioning towards the role that I think he is, which is kind of the guy that gets to call his shot from now on, not that he really couldn't before, then this allows AEW to give him a send-off in a huge way to really have him spotlight. If this is a moment designed for MJF to really take over in a leadership role, you know, it's kind of the head head bad guy. Because there's Kenny Omega and then there's everybody else right now. So if MJF is going to step up into that kind of a role, this is the match where that happens. Um, if you want to have Sean Spears elevated and give him recognition, this is a match that puts him on the map. Um, from the inner circle, if Sammy Guevara's toughness is ever in question, which I could see that, especially coming from a, a good guy perspective, here's where you define that. For the the tag team of Santana and Ortiz, it gets them a chance to really reestablish some degree of dominance. FTR, same difference on that side. For Jack Swagger or Jake Hager and Wardlow, you want to see two dominant big men. You've got it there. You've got literally everything you need for a War Games matchup to be successful. Excuse me, for a Blood and Guts match to be successful. Yeah, but all you have to do is put the double cages up and it should be successful. Um, for me, the key is just going to be who count, comes out on the back end of this. And, I mean, in my mind, it's the pinnacle because I think the inner circle's days are numbered. Mm-hmm. Um, again, whether it's Jericho or what, I, I think... I, again, I just think that uh, the inner circle was great for to have around, you know, at first. But now we're going to see what the next group of bad guys do. do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the pinnacle comes out. And I, 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 I do think that's, I guess there's a possibility somebody you probably don't expect is probably going to cause the inner circle to to match. Mm. So you think there's going to be a turn from one of the inner circle? Yes, but I don't think he'll join um, the pinnacle. But I think he'll help the pinnacle win. I will say, I really do like the name for the faction. You know, the pinnacle. pinnacle. That was a pretty cool name. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing it because one thing that the AW does not shy away from is uh, blood or factions. And, apparently, well, yeah, but I, I mean, I, <laughs> I think they, I think they take that from New Japan. Yeah, and that's what that's what uh, the Bucks and Kenny Omega have stated pretty well is that you know, <laughs> hey, New Japan has countless factions. Why can't we do it? Then why can't we do it? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 I think all these factions are just not something that the mainstream audience here in America has seen in a long time. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you go back and think about it, the WWE in the 80s and the NWA, for that matter, had factions upon factions upon factions. 
I mean, literally, you had Bobby Heenan with one, you had Fred Blassie with one, you had Slick with one, you had Jimmy Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, the Heenan family, you had the Stud Stable, you had uh, the Hart Foundation. I don't remember what Rick uh, Slick called his group. Um, that The amount of factions in pro wrestling has always been huge. I, I don't think there's ever really been a time where there was, like, none. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, I mean, this is not anything new. It's just you have forgotten. Because, again, I, you know, if, if I, especially the WWE, look at how many, like, managers they had back then. And the, each manager had factions. Not just one or two, but they had factions. And, you know, which then, of course, some of the good guys would turn into factions, even though they weren't really, like, the machines. I mean, how many machines were there at one time? Five or six? Uh, four that I can think of for sure. And I'm probably missing someone. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and so there were times that the the good guys had to form factions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember the dudes with attitudes against uh, the horsemen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, again, that's the same as in the NWA. You had Paul Jones. You had, um, God bless. I'm now I'm drawing a blank. Or <laughs> the Cornette, Paul Jones you Army. Paul E. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, you just you had factions, mm-hmm. um, and there were many factions. It wasn't just like one faction. You know, even the NWA had many NWA factions. I would. There was love Japan. To there was Mexico. There was two American. So I, w- I would love to see. And I, I maybe this is gratuitous from a, just a fanboy perspective, but I would love to see like a blood and guts event where all the factions do battle in the cage, like not at the same time, but I mean like they all have individual feud matches. Again, it's kind of like Full Metal Mayhem or whatever um, Impact used to do, but mm-hmm. to me that could be kind of cool. Uh, it could be, cool, could be, but let's see how the first one turns out. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you hey. never know. It, it could be a, a hot pile of steaming. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. I mean, you're so right. Do I, but... there's, a, there's a possible <laughs> recipe for <laughs> Hey, we got a huge, huge 420 sale going on over at shop.madmaxmorrison.com. He just hooked us up, buddy. He just hooked us up with the 20% off coupon. For all of our listeners right now, if you go to shop.madmaxmorrison.com and enter MAD420, that's M-A-D-D-420, you get 20% off your entire order. So you can you can finally get your Mad Max t-shirts, your magnets, which, by the way, the logo is pretty awesome. Um, and I think he's even got, like, backpacks. <laughs> Imagine wearing that to school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's that guy? Don't you worry about it. <laughs> Shut up, bro. I headbutt you. <laughs> All right. So I guess, I guess we've come to that point in time of the night. Mm-hmm. There's only one other thing to discuss. Well, bring it on. Bring it on, hot stuff. What do you got for me? We are one week less, I guess a little less than a week away now from quite possibly the biggest match in their younger 
listeners' lives. Title for title. Omega versus Swan. And, ladies and gentlemen, it gets better. Mm-hmm. It gets a whole lot better. Because one of the best Mike men in the entire world, in Mauro Ronaldo, is going to be calling it. And this, uh, this just in there, buddy. Just announced, this one just broke, I don't know, five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. Impact Wrestling presents a special look at Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan on the road to Impact Rebellion. This is Rebellion, airing Tuesday at 9 o'clock on Access TV, hosted by none other than AEW commentator Jim Ross. Um, okay, so basically put, AEW and Impact have basically just uh, given everyone else the finger and said, okay, well, follow this. I hear you. I'm watching. <laughs> yes. And, and, because I, I watched it Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I watched the press conference. Tony Khan came out and said, point blank, no matter who wins, your butt is going to defend that title on Dynamite or whatever AEW show he wants to defend it on. I so, think... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I think there's shenanigans afoot. I do, too. I think <laughs> at the end of Rebellion, I think we're going to see a new champion, but I think we're going to see a new AEW champion. You think it's Swan? I think, here's what I'm thinking right now. I think that we haven't seen everything play out just yet. And I think Omega will get the belt back. But what's going to happen here is it's either going to be Mox or it's going to be somebody else that costs Omega the match. Now, the only problem with that is that, of course, he's the heel. And if you're Swan, if you see it, then do you go with the flow and take the pin? After everything Kenny has said and done to Rich Swan, and if you've been paying attention, he's beat him down. He's hit him with the one-winged angel in the middle of the ring. He's run him down, refused him access to the championship trailer. I think Rich Swan might take that pitfall. Yeah, <laughs> I think he might. Well, I think he might. He might be like, you know, f you, Kenny. So here, here, here. I don't think you're gonna get a finish. That's what I think is gonna happen. I think this is. I think. This 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 title for title match, right, is designed to put everybody's eyeballs on that pay-per-view, right? And at the end, shenanigans are going to come into play to the point that the match has to be called. 
And this is where I think New Japan really throws their hat into this. Uh, so you're you're thinking of a different set of shenanigans. You're thinking of perhaps, yes. perhaps finally the comments made towards some of the other good brothers is going to come back to haunt them is what you're thinking. Yes. Or. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be amazing. Or somebody like Okada or Naito, mm-hmm. somebody like that. As you get to one, the two, the lights are out. When the lights come back on, Okada's done dropped them. Naito's dropped them. There's no win. and But New Japan, for that moment, stands tall. I will say this as a side note. You know, Mox has had some really bad luck with uh, working alongside of different people. Clearly, trying to partner with the Bucks wasn't working to his favor. Tama Tonga goes on Twitter and says, Hey, I heard you're having some troubles. I don't know that Mox wants any help from anybody else from the potential Bullet Club. I'm just saying, I think maybe he's had his fill of Bullet Club people for now. Maybe he just doesn't want to open that door, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I just, uh, something tells me, though, again, my personal opinion. I don't believe you're going to get, I would absolutely probably pass out from a heart attack, right? If the title actually changes hands one way or the other, right? Unless at the end of the night, Tony Khan's like, eh, it doesn't matter. I already bought it back. Or, you know, something like that, right? Right, right. But well, I that'd be honestly, hilarious if we find out he bought Impact. Yeah, he bought it, show. yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, guess what? This is my fourth show, Impact. Uh, <laughs> AEW Impact. <laughs> Welcome to AEW Presents Impact Wrestling. <laughs> And it's going to TNT tomorrow night. Got to get their views up. But but you know what? I I honestly don't think this is going to happen. I think my, my call for shenanigans is going to end in such a, 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 like, just a straight mess that they're not going to be able to count a pinfall. just crazy the opportunity and the options that are here for this matchup are huge it is uh april 25th so let's see that is this coming saturday excuse me this coming no, sunday. sunday sunday yes so next sunday rebellion aew and impact head to head where kenny omega and rich swan title for title and one way or the other, we could see a new AEW champion or we could see a new Impact champion. But, dude, here's the deal. And we I know we're just a, a, about 60 seconds over, so we're going to wrap this up. But Kenny Omega comes out as joint champion of both Impact and AEW. What else does this guy do to continue to change the industry? Does yeah, he but go to Ring he, of Honor and win their belt? He, does he, he go he, No, it's New Japan theirs? next. It's New Japan would be next. Oh, my gosh. Because, again, Impact is working with AW and New Japan, which means, and don't forget AAA, right? So the four of them are working together that we know of, and you can also throw, in the, I guess, NWA in there mm-hmm. because Thunder Rose is on AW, right? So all of there's a working relationship between all these, right? Doesn't Kenny currently hold a AAA title? The AAA Mega championship. 
And isn't Champion. that their is that their biggest singles title? Uh, yes. Or is that it is. number two? All right. So if that's their major if that's their major title, he already owns that one. AWA. If he wins Impact, there's only two other places to go. Right in, in this group that we that we currently like know about. That's New Japan or NWA. I think NWA is probably going to be last should they go that far. Unreal. Unreal, yes. We got an, a potential yeah. exciting week. Here. Oh, I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. <sighs> uh, so, the, But see. the question is, the question is, while we're here, since I'm getting it, I don't know if y'all are getting it, you or Rob are getting it. I, I've already invited Rob, I think. But I'm willing to. I'm willing to do this live. Watch it live, and mm-hmm. and 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 talk about it the whole time. I think that doing a simulcast of Rebellion is totally fine with me. Whether it's all together or remote, either way, it doesn't bother me. Um, I think we can make that happen pretty sure we can make that happen so let's do that let's set it up i mean if we want to be on the right side of history and And, i think we run long we until it's over the iron man match that'd be insane oh my god no (laughs) stop it we only have we have one impact to go don't put that stipulation in there (laughs) it'll happen it'll happen this this thursday we'll be like oh son of a (laughs) son of god dang it stan all right. Hey, Rob says, be aware he will be with us next weekend, just in time for Impact's Rebellion, which could be the crowning of a new champion. It all depends on what you believe in the in the, in the the funny papers right now. You can catch up with Rob on Twitter at Rob Hefner C2C and Rob Hefner on Facebook, R-D-H-E-W-P on Instagram. Brian's over on the Twitter bot at STRCP21 and Brian Taylor on Facebook. Of course, I'm pretty well at Stan Grubb everywhere, so Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And the show, most importantly, C2C Radio Show, at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, at Corner to Corner on Instagram, and Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook. Hit us up. Let us know. It's the season premiere. We've been so excited just to deliver all of our thoughts and opinions to you. Love to hear your thoughts on who's going to win this coming Sunday. Is it going to be Kenny Omega? Is it going to be Rich Swan? Or will shenanigans take place? Keep an eye out. We'll be posting the polls on Twitter and Facebook probably within the next couple hours. I got a few things I got to do off- offline, but we'll have that ready. And of course, as always, thanks for listening. We will see you next weekend for AEW versus Impact at Rebellion. It's going to be a great weekend. Yes, it will. Actually, the whole week, except Ooh. for probably Monday at eight o'clock. Yeah, you know, well, Friday I know it depends at eight on what you're watching at eight o'clock. So if you're watching Dark <laughs> or Elevation, you might be okay. <laughs> um, you got BTE tomorrow at noon. Keep your eyes out. I'm sure that'll be good. With the full-fledged elite is together now, is or whatever they call themselves. Um, and then of course you got Dark Elevation Monday Night Raw. Then you've got dark again and then you've got nxt and then you've got aew dynamite and then impact 
But Impact has like a full day of programming. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I think. You would think that so. this is their Bound for Glory. You would really think that because this is, that's usually how they treat Bound for Glory and so the Slammiversary as well. No, oh, I don't know, man. This, this, I mean, literally, have you seen like the schedule? I mean, yeah. it's like, like starts at 12 o'clock on Thursday and doesn't end till like the pay per view. It's crazy amount of stuff they're putting on there. Free pay per views. All ty- there's all types of stuff going up. Man. Buckle your seatbelts. We got a lot of wrestling this week. You thought last week was exhausting. Use this past week. Hopefully, hopefully, you caught your breath because now you got another week or two. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you next weekend live for Impact's Rebellion. Have a great night. Gooses. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.